Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. All right, so for this week's episode or today's episode, I did something a little bit different because I am working on an active investigation um, for another podcast. I think you've heard me mention it maybe once or twice, but that podcast is called Corruption in Tennessee. So the way this podcast started is a few weeks ago, I want to say like five or six weeks ago, I came across a story on change.org and it was titled Justice for Grant. And this story just really, really upset me. I mean, I was, I was very upset. So it, you know, I, I read it and I was like, wait, what is happening? So I immediately contacted the contact email in the, um, change.org, uh, on the website. And it basically put me in touch with Angie Solomon, who is Grant's mother. So, Oh my gosh. I I hope most of you have listened to um, the episode. I did two episodes with Angie Solomon who told her story and, um, you know, her story is absolutely heartbreaking. It's, it's like so intense that I don't even know where to begin. And I know for a lot of you guys, this will seem a little bit repetitive, but basically Angie lost her son Grant tragically in 2020 um, due to this mysterious accident where her ex-husband was the only witness. And they have had a tumultuous relationship for the last 10 years, Angie and her ex-husband, as they've been back and forth in court, um, fighting over the kids. And the kids have also had a horrible relationship with their father. They've been on record saying they are scared of him. They don't want to live with him. And, um, you know, another huge bombshell in this case is that Angie's daughter, 16-year-old Gracie, alleges that Aaron Solomon has sexually abused her and even raped her. So this is just an insane, insane, sad story. And, you know, at the time, literally about six weeks ago, I was shocked at the lack of attention that it it got. And now I'm proud to say that it's gotten a lot more attention and um, I, it's like between, I think there's this YouTuber, Kendall Ray, who is huge in the true crime space. I mean, she is just incredible. She did a whole podcast and a whole YouTube video on this and it literally, um, the GoFundMe that they had, it, it freaking shot up like $30,000 in a day. And now this is important because the more money in the GoFundMe account, the more resources um, we have to hire great lawyers and great investigators that can actually get evidence presented to the DA to get Grant's case either reopened or we do this ourselves where we exhume the body, do an independent autopsy, you know, very similar to the Stephen Stephen Smith case um, that you might have heard me cover previously as well. So what I wanted to do here for people that 
really weren't familiar with this is I wanted to play the first episode that I did for the Corruption podcast. So officially, this podcast is called Corruption in Tennessee, What Happened to Grant Solomon? So that it's a true crime podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen. But it really was important to me um, to play this audience the first episode because, you know, we're working really hard on it. And I, I called this an active investigation because that's what it is. Every episode that I put out, you know, I'll be talking to a different expert or a different person that's involved. And this is while we do tons of work on the back end here in, you know, getting new evidence to get this case reopened. So again, I wanted to throw it out there for this audience. It's really, really crazy. And what I've uncovered just about the state of Tennessee alone in doing this podcast is really scary. Let me just throw this out there. It is not somewhere I'd want to live. Um, But if you are in the Tennessee or Nashville area. Um, It's Thursday, May 25th. They are holding a candlelight vigil for Grant in downtown Nashville. Um, They are going to be doing it at the Omni Hotel in Nashville. So uh, I'll be putting out more information on my social media about that. Or you can follow um, the social media at Freedom for Gracie or at Angie Solomon Family Official. So they will have all of the details um, about the vigil. And I just... I just hope a lot of media comes because it's it's time, you know, like Angie and Gracie have been waiting for this to be covered. And again, for the longest time, no one would touch it. And I have to say, no one is really still touching this in terms of um, national news coverage. So someone from News Nation did just reach out to Angie, I think, last week. And someone from the local news reached out to her as well. So that's good. But me on my end, you know, I have a few connections and I've been pushing this and, you know, no one's biting. And I'm kind of like, hey, you don't have to talk to me. I'll put you directly in touch with Angie herself. So anyway, um, I'm going to play you the first episode of Corruption. And just keep in mind, it starts with the very, very chilling 911 call made by Grant's father, Aaron Solomon, um, to to 911. And it's, it's just, ugh. I can't even listen to it anymore. It drives me insane. But anyway, um, okay, here's the first episode of Corruption. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. The stress and crowds of holiday shopping can put a damper on your holiday spirit, and you don't always find all the perfect gifts you're looking for. The Virginia Lottery's games make easy and tremendously fun gifts for all the adults in your life, even you. Celebrate the season of gifting with Virginia Lottery Scratchers and online instant games. For more info, visit valottery.com slash holiday. I'm trying. Where's your emergency? 
It's 1357 South Water Street. It's off 109. Please hurry. You said 57? Please hurry. Okay, what's going on? Uh, my, my son's truck backed over him, and he, it's rolled over him and dragged him into the ditch, and it's on top of him. He's trapped under the truck, and I, I yeah, he, I, I, somehow it drug him underneath it. Yes, my son is under it. I'm trying to, no, I'm, I'm trying to call 911. Okay, what's your name? Oh, my God. My name is Aaron Solomon. And you said oh you're my God. 1357 Southwater Avenue, right? Yes. How old yes. is the male? He's 18. He just turned 18 a couple of weeks, about a month ago. It's my son. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is not good. Is he awake? Oh, please hurry. I don't know. I don't think so. He's not, a, he's not alert, right? No, he's out. And he's trapped. I got three guys here, and he's trapped under the truck. Okay. Oh, my God. I understand, sir. Stay on the phone with me while we get somebody out there. What's your name? Aaron Solomon. All right, Aaron. Huh? What kind of vehicle is it? It's a Toyota Tacoma, Tacoma and it's the, the vehicle has to, he's underneath the vehicle. Okay, I've got and the, that. And, and it's, okay, I've got that. What color is it? It's a white truck. That's my son. It's somehow it backed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on one. I'm on with nine one one right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Was your son working on it? No, no, he was just getting out of it. It's the hill. It's we're on an incline, and I guess he didn't have it in park or something, or it wasn't engaged, or oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe this. Is your son still not responding? No, no. And he's still under truck. No one can get out from under it. No, it's no. We saw units and routes to you. I'm just asking you questions for we can update him, okay? Can you check and see huh? he's breathing? I, I, somebody's telling me that he's coming too. Okay. Maybe. He is, he is waking up. Maybe. Kind of keeping still. So he is well, he can't, Yeah, he can't move. I don't think he can move. I, I don't know. Okay. I no, he can't move. He's trapped. Okay. Well, we got somebody in route. Now, when he wakes I, up, he might I'm be telling scared. Him, can somebody I'm telling him. Can somebody come there and talk to him? Yeah, somebody talk to him. There. Yeah. There's blood. Is he facing up or down? He's facing up. They said he may aspirate. We need to hurry. Oh my God. So does he have blood coming out of his mouth? Yeah. He's, yeah. There's blood coming out. Yeah. Somehow it drug him down. I think. I don't know whether it wasn't his heart or what, or if it didn't engage the brake, or it drug him underneath somehow. Okay. They said he's facing up, okay. but he's bleeding from his mouth. So, Grant, turn your face to the side if you can, barely, but be careful. Don't move him, okay? We can't move him. We can't. We can't move him.
Welcome to the first episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? I'm Lauren Conlon, and I'm about to blow your mind with a case that has serious inconsistencies, flaws, and so much controversy. After three years of Grant Solomon's family and so many others protesting and pleading for police to reopen this case and investigate, sadly, nothing has been done. What you first heard at the beginning of this podcast was the 911 call made by former local celebrity news anchor, Aaron Solomon, Grant's father, while Grant was stuck underneath his truck, eventually dying shortly thereafter. Now, for those just joining my coverage on this story, I also host another podcast called Lauren Interviews. If you'd like, you can head over to that podcast for two recent episodes titled Corruption in Tennessee, with an extremely in-depth interview with Angie Solomon, Grant's mother. In total, it's about three hours broken into two parts, and it gives you the entire Solomon family backstory, which is important, but essentially, Angie Solomon and I decided that all all of the domestic dispute issues and the sexual abuse allegations Gracie Solomon has made against her father might take away from what we're trying to accomplish with reopening Grant's case and ultimately getting him justice. There's also a lot more to unpack eventually with allegations of corruption against Grant and Gracie's former school, Grace Christian Academy, and the powerful people who run it. But again, we're not going to go there just yet because we want to stick to the cold, hard facts. Also, you can Google Gracie Solomon if you're curious. She is a force and you can read all about what she's endured. But at this point, we have facts on this podcast laid out and I want to take you through the accident and what we found in our research thus far. So first, there's an article by Aaron Rasmussen for Investigation Discovery and it's linked out in the episode notes so you can read it. But I'm going to paraphrase a very short part of it as he does a great job detailing the accident in one or two sentences. And he also does briefly mention Gracie and her allegations in the article, which will help people understand a possible motive for a possible murder. Now, I also want to add from the 911 call that you listen to, it's very important to know Aaron Solomon never, ever went into that ditch to be with his dying son. Grant Solomon, a high school senior and star baseball player at Grace Christian Academy in Franklin, Tennessee, had just turned 18 when he tragically died on July 20th, 2020. An investigation determined that Grant was killed after he was struck with his own car while in the parking lot of a baseball training club in Gallatin, Tennessee. A single person, Grant's father, Former Nashville radio and television personality Aaron Solomon was the only witness to Grant's death. According to Aaron, Grant's Toyota Tacoma must have rolled backwards over his son as he collected his baseball gear from the vehicle, somehow dragging him across the parking lot pavement down into a rocky ditch where Aaron claims Grant became trapped under the weight of the truck. 
I'm going to give some background here about the morning of July 20th, 2020, and some background on Aaron and Grant's relationship to help set up the scene. Now, this information I'm providing is from the extensive interview I did with Angie Solomon on the Lauren Interviews podcast and Grant's girlfriend, Hannah, which I did after. So Grant and Aaron did not have a good relationship. Aaron was allegedly physically and sexually abusive to Gracie Solomon, Grant's sister, as well as verbally abusive to Grant. Now, at the time of Grant's death, Grant had been living with his mother for about two years, and Grant's girlfriend, Hannah, saw noticeable changes in him from when he was forced to previously live with his father, Aaron. Grant was now healthier happier, and just overall in a better mental state. It's important to note also that Grant really hadn't been alone with his father within those two years, except for maybe the occasional time where they played baseball together as Aaron would sort of force this on Grant. But that was at a a public field, so it didn't really count as being alone. Now, on the morning of July 20th, 2020, Aaron Solomon claimed that he made an appointment at this baseball clinic that's called the Ward Performance Institute in Gallatin, which is about an hour from Franklin. So it's expensive for these type of appointments where an athlete can train, possibly get evaluated, and yada yada. So... Grant was just getting over COVID, and he wasn't in the best shape to be playing baseball. He told his mom, Angie, that he really didn't want to go because he thought it would be a waste of money because he didn't feel 100%. Well, Aaron Solomon still wanted Grant to attend regardless, so Grant said, fine, I'll go, but I really don't want him there as I'm 18 years old now, and I'm technically an adult, so I can go on my own. Well, Aaron, obviously, ended up going anyway. Now, before we get into the discrepancies of what happened that morning, the lack of police investigation, and the strange state of Grant's body, I'm going to read Aaron Solomon's statement to the Gallatin PD of what happened that morning that was sent to me um, by by Angie, his his ex-wife. And just bear with me because... Aaron's handwriting is not great, and I'm actually reading this from like a scanned document. My son Grant and I pulled into WPI separately and parked side by side. I was still in my car, but noticed my son got out to get his baseball gear out of the back of his truck. I looked down to check a work email, and the next thing I know, I hear and see the truck rolling backwards into a ditch. I get out of my car to try to find my son and saw that he was trapped underneath the truck and I immediately called 911. Now, I want to tell you about the police mishandlings of this investigation. And oh my gosh, you are going to be so shook. I mean, I could have done a better investigation with my freaking musical theater degree, okay? So first... Aaron made a 911 call at 8.44 a.m. And police arrive on the scene about four minutes later at 8.48 a.m. The last police officer left the scene of this freak accident at 9.41 a.m. Literally, by 9.41 a.m., 57 minutes after they arrived, everyone was gone. So that's a 57-minute death investigation of a so-called freak accident? 
In what world do they conclude an investigation of a young 18-year-old boy in an hour? Like, that's crazy. Okay, second, let's talk about the three men that Aaron mentions on this 911 call. Where were they? The fact that police didn't even try to find them, that absolutely blows my mind. Third, third, if Aaron Solomon claims he was on his phone at the time of the accident, texting or checking emails, the police could have done a forensic exam of his phone, and that was never done. They simply took Aaron's word, and cops are trained to to verify that even if it was an accident, you still have to look into this, and the Gallatin PD did not. They did less than an adequate investigation. Now, fourth, this is important. Aaron claims Grant was getting his baseball gear out of the back or the bed of his truck. Now, according to Grant's mother and multiple sources, Grant and seasoned baseball players in general would never leave their gear outside in the heat. I mean, this is Tennessee. Now, two weeks later, Aaron does change his story when Angie Solomon and her friend ask him to reenact the accident so they can make a a video recording. So then he says Grant was getting his equipment from the backseat just behind the driver's side. So this is confusing because wouldn't that just consist of Grant getting out and opening the side door where if your truck does start to roll backwards, couldn't you just jump out of the way? Okay, and fifth, fifth, let's let's go back to the Gallatin PD. So this is a, a seasoned police squad department. This is not a small town. Gallon is a, a pretty big city, so they know what they're doing. Now, the fact that law enforcement did not do an accident reconstruction on a fatal accident is is crazy. Again, crazy. And what's more so, it turns out, and I got this information from the Dale Lawrence Crime Crime Solver podcast, excuse me, that the Gallatin PD did have a fatal accident reconstruction investigator on their team in their department. So I don't understand why you wouldn't immediately call them down there and say, hey, we have a freak accident. We need to go through this with you. Additionally, a thorough search of the scene was not done at all. Grant's goggles for his glasses and cell phone were actually left in the ditch. And again, this is beyond me. An hour investigation and they leave shit behind. Now, sixth, Back to the Dale Lawrence Crime Solver podcast, they did some research on the Toyota Tacoma truck that Grant drove, and they said the truck gets a five-star safety rating. And not only that, Angie did have an independent agency conduct an investigation with this truck. Now, they concluded that the transmission parking pole that's in this truck was not defective. So the parking pole actually should have prevented the truck from rolling. So what gives? Now let's talk about Grant's injuries and those inconsistencies surrounding that. Grant's injuries. So Grant was bleeding from the nose, ears, and mouth 
with dilated pupils. And I'm taking this from the actual paramedic report. He had a gash on the back of his head as well. The signs and symptoms from the paramedic report read cardiovascular, cardiac arrest, respiratory arrest, and injury to the head. Nowhere does it claim that his body was burned from being dragged under a car, which was approximately 60 feet that he would have had to been dragged from the back of the car, the distance from the back of the car to the ditch. And let's note, a Toyota Tacoma weighs up to 4,000 pounds. So there were no scrapes documented. His clothing was intact. There was no burn documented from the undercarriage of the truck or from a hot engine. So wouldn't there have been burn marks? I mean, at least one or two? No, there was none. This to me should have been enough for an accident reenactment. Now, I'm going to get into some detail about when Grant got to the hospital and the state of his body there. But to be honest with you, I just got a lot of these medical records from Angie. So I need to go over them in depth with someone in the field of medicine. So just stay tuned for that on the next episode. So by the time Angie had arrived at the hospital, as it took her over an hour to get there, Grant was already pronounced dead. He had arrived at the hospital by 9-11 a.m., to which his medical forms state that he had head and brain trauma and suffered cardiac arrest from being trapped under the car. His time of death was 9-28 a.m., and the official cause of death was traumatic head injury and cardiac arrest. So by the time Angie arrived, Aaron Solomon had already signed off on not having an autopsy performed or anything postmortem, and apparently he was on the phone booking a singer for Grant's funeral. (sighs) Of course, everyone grieves differently, but as a parent, all I'm going to say is wow. I did look at the form titled um, Authority to Release Body that Angie had sent me from the hospital records. And there is a section that says, if an autopsy is authorized, this form is to be given to the lab upon completion with the patient's medical record. And then there's like a little place to sign and date. And sure enough, it's empty. So yes, by the time Angie Solomon got to the hospital, her son was dead and her ex-husband signed off on any and all postmortem forms. She was completely helpless. Let's pivot to a possible motive of why Aaron Solomon would want his son, Grand Solomon, dead. I don't want to get too deep into the motives because it's a much larger conversation with Angie and Gracie, and it could basically take up an entire episode, but I do want to give a little bit of a backstory. So Angie and Aaron Solomon had been in family court pretty much since 2013 to 2020 fighting over custody of their children. It's important to note that at one point during this fight, when they were sanctioned to live with their father, both kids, they went to court and Grant had stated to a magistrate in front of the lawyers, in front of the witnesses, in front of the court, everybody who was in there, that he did not feel safe living with his father, Aaron, as he felt his father was capable of killing him. 
Now, the magistrate thought this over during his lunch break or something like that and then came back and looked at Grant and looked at Aaron and said, listen, Grant, you're 6'4". Your father is 5'8", 5'9". I think you can handle yourself. And then he sent Grant back into the custody of his father. Now, a lot of you might be wondering, why would this abusive man have custody of his kids? Well, I implore you to go back and listen to the Lauren Interviews podcast because we get totally into that. And we will get into this down the road on this podcast. But again, right now, we're focusing on the facts. So Grant went to live with his father even though he stated publicly that he was afraid of him, which is another reason why I'm so confused that no one came forward after Grant's death and said, hey, wait a minute, Grant never felt safe around his dad. Is anyone going to investigate that they were actually alone together for the first time in a very long time and Grant wound up dead? By 2020, Angie Solomon still did not have full custody of Gracie. When Grant turned 18, he thought in his head that if he went to the courts and petitioned to get full custody of Gracie himself, she would not have to suffer the abuse at the hands of her father anymore. He was going to continue his quest to tell them everything that his father had done to him, to Gracie, to Angie. And many people believe that this was the motive and why Aaron Solomon wanted his son dead. I'm going to play a very short clip of when I spoke to Grant's girlfriend, Hannah, on the phone. She basically tells me all about how Grant was really growing into himself and really starting to stick up for himself as well as his family when it came to his father. Now, she goes on to say the significant change that she saw in Grant when he was able to live with his mother. She said that he looked better, he looked healthier, he had put on some weight, he was very thin when he lived with his father, he was happier and just in a a better mental state altogether. Now, I'm going to apologize for this audio. I talked to her last minute and, you know, she, she... called me and I I wasn't super ready. So I was recording from my computer. So yeah, the audio is not amazing, but just listen. And I think it will shed some light on a possible motive. Something else that might be helpful. And I don't know if his mom had already Mm -hmm. told you this, um, but Grant did like disclose to me that he wanted to, you know, expose his father once he was finally legal when he turned 18. And so he, you know, yeah. That's why that's 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 the whole um thing with you know, he had just turned eighteen right before he passed away. And mm-hmm. um, that's why we have like, you know, so many speculations about that. And, of course. Uh, of course. Motives. But um Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely was, you know, growing into standing up for himself and yeah um, he started like he you know ever since he was a kid his his dad put this a a ton of pressure on him and um wanting him to play professional baseball and like become this you know athlete that his dad had envisioned for him and all this stuff and you know grant slowly like didn't want that anymore for himself Mm. and um he wanted to you know go to the college i was going to and play baseball there and not really you know worry about you know 
yeah professional baseball or whatnot and you know he was kind of going starting to go against his dad and that totally. which i think that sparked some anger and and because you know his dad primarily just wanted to control you know yeah We're going to end the first episode there just so we don't throw too much information at you if you're just hearing about this case for the first time. And additionally, I would really, really recommend that people go and do some research themselves so they can come back and listen to the next episode with maybe some new info that I did not get to yet, but you'll be able to listen with that in mind. Now, I also want to shout out that there is a GoFundMe for Grant, and this is to raise money to get him the independent autopsy and that he needs, and also obviously to exhume his body. This is so much like the Stephen Smith case, and I know that Stephen Smith, that GoFundMe raised $100,000, and it's still going. Not only does Grant's body need to be exhumed and re-examined, but you can almost bet that Aaron Solomon is going to fight this from happening. So there needs to be extra money coming in for attorney fees and even, you know, a private investigator. So please head to the change.org petition, sign it, then go to the GoFundMe, Justice for Grant, Anything you can do is so appreciated. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Lauren underscore interviews. If you want to find Angie and Gracie, you can find them on Instagram at freedom for Gracie at Angie Solomon family official and at Angie Solomon 30. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Another episode will drop this week and we'll get into more of the medical discrepancies and why on earth was there not an autopsy? Okay, so that was the first episode of Corruption in Tennessee, What Happened to Grant Solomon. I really hope that you guys will take some time and just listen to this podcast and get caught up because it is just really important work we're doing. And I just, I can't imagine stopping um, until, you know, we get justice for Grant and freedom for Gracie. But anyway, thank you for listening to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'll be, I'll be, um, for next week, I'll be uh, going back to my original format with some celebrity interviews that I know that you guys all know and love. But until next time, thanks for listening.